Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, Keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello, welcome back to episode one, two, three of the Disunomics podcast. Please make sure you run up and check some of the previous episodes. A lot of good content there from a variety of topics. What did I talk about last? Last, oh, I had the great JJ Boller on, author, poet, basketball player as well. He has a book called Mask Off, Addressing Masculinity. So make sure you search that and check that out. I'm, re- I'm currently reading a very good book. And we discuss obviously masculinity. And I learned a lot of stuff from, um, from JJ. So make sure you check the episode out, especially the gentleman. I will definitely, definitely implore you to listen to that week's episode. Also, make sure you follow like all that good stuff on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube and Apple Podcasts and also I actually want to give an announcement for those who are economists somebody I know has decided to set up the Black Economist Network I can't even say the word properly so there's an official launch on November the 5th it's based in Westminster it's from 5.30 onwards so please make sure that you check that out. You can you can register for RSV, RSVP spaces um, on Eventbrite. So just check. So just Google um, the Black Economist Network (TBN, TBEN) um, on Twitter. They're called the Black Econ underscore, and I'll put the link in the bio. You can just ask me. So make sure you check that out. Anyway, this week's podcast we're talking the economics of flying. Many of us, I'll, I'm going to assume. Most of us have at one point in our lives taken a plane, or if we haven't, we intend to one day. Flying, I, I'm personally not a big fan of flying. Um, I enjoy holidays, but the whole process is just, I just find it really draining. Going through check-in and then security, then boarding and waiting and all planes take off late. It's just all irritating. I don't really like the whole process. But I like holidays, so I try to go on as many trips as I possibly can. Most of us who have who are not original, our families are not originally from this country. Some of us like to well attempt to go home for Christmas, whether it be Nigeria, Ghana, Sierra Leone, Ivory Coast, Saint Lucia, Jamaica, Barbados, Thailand, wherever wherever you may um, originate from. 
Or just if you just want to travel for Christmas to see family in different countries or you just want to turn up for New Year's. The prices are always high and I always see people complain, why are the prices so expensive? Why are the prices so expensive? In, Oct- in October, it's like 300. In December, it's 1,005. Like I bought um, my flights to Ghana not too long ago because my boys gassed me on the way back from, from Cannes. And my flight was a connecting. Air Morocco. I've never even heard of Air Morocco, fam. I'm even scared to Google the plane. And my flight was four figures. And I just don't understand. I'm not even going on a great airline. My flight's even connecting and it's four figures. And I thought, do you know what? I should actually look into this. Because I, I like to look into things I don't understand. And I also like to help other people who are listening understand things that we may not really know the root cause of. And this is one of them. So it makes sense to start off with the state of the industry, which is the airline industry. In March 2019, so that's the first quarter of this year, IAG, International Airlines Group, had seen a 37% rise in profits for the first half of the year. That is a massive rise in profits, by the way. And this group owns both Iberia and British Airways. So BA are seeing a massive, massive, massive profit. Ryanair and United Airlines have also seen profits soar as well. So the airline carrier industry is booming. Business is booming, where to AB. Why is that? Well, there has been a lot of consolidation in industry in the last few years. Consolidation is when you bring things together. A lot of partnerships, mergers between companies, and a lot of bankruptcies. So essentially, the total amount of players in the airline industry is shrinking because bankruptcies means, yo, certain men are out of the game. And then if you're partnering up, if you are merging together, that means the total amount of companies in the industry is getting smaller, smaller, smaller. So what does that mean? There's less and less and less and less competition. And that will have an impact in price. And this one listeners know about monopolistic competition and price, but I'll run through that a bit later. In the States... There are four major carrier groups with an operating revenue of over a billion dollars. American Airlines, Northwest Airlines, United Airlines, and Delta Airlines. Uh, I really did not like Delta when I went to LA. We had such a terrible experience. We had to write a complaint. We got some money back. So shout out Delta for running that for us. Um, even if you look at Europe, it's KLM, IAG, which I mentioned, Lufthansa from Germany and Ryanair. They're the dominant airline carriers in, in the European market. So, the industry is now less competitive. Why is it less competitive? Because before, let's say you had 500 different air carriers competing on the same routes. The, the consumer essentially has 500 different people to go from. So prices will be in the consumer's favor, well, close to the consumer's favor, because if one company doesn't offer the price you want, another company can. The less and less and less and less competition, the less incentive it is for these airlines to reduce and compete on prices because you don't have to. And some airlines deliberately don't compete on certain routes. They're like, okay, you man can have this route, we'll have this route, we're not going to compete with price. Da, da, da. That is not good for consumer because it maintains a certain price level that we would like to see come down. This, of course, as I said, is bad for consumers, but it's good for investors because there's returns to investment. Profits are going up and up and up. You're paying out dividends, everything's good. It's crazy because they've managed to keep the prices of traveling within Europe relatively low, but the general, uh, the general incentive isn't there to keep it low elsewhere, as we're going to discuss later. So, what impacts the price of flying? Firstly, m- most airlines assess their cost based on CAS, C-A-S-K, cost per, av- availabil- cost per available seat kilometer. As most airlines calculate their cost this way, it's easy to see how airlines are doing in, in terms of cost compared to competitors. 
Even the large flag legacy carriers such as Lufthansa, British Airways and KLM have been trying to reduce their costs in recent years to boost profitability and to return to good returns to shareholders, which, of course, if you bring good returns to shareholders, what's that going to do? Bring more shareholders. Remember, the economics incentives drives behavior. Airline costs are massive. Just think, you've got insurance. Just insurance alone is a mad cost. Then you add on the back office staff, HR, IT, call center, marketing, legal, commercial, staff at the airports, engineering, just pure, pure costs. The, the trend is in the last 10 years, people have been subcontracting as many of these costs as possible to third-party companies just to, re to reduce as much cost to maximize the profits. So, other things that really, really impact price. And so I, when you think about this, I want you to think about the trips to Ghana, the trips to Nigeria, to Jamaica, to Thailand, to New Zealand, Australia, Canada, the States. Why are these trips so expensive during Christmas? Demand. So this is very good for the Nigeria, Ghana, Sierra Leone, Ivory Coast, South Africa, Zimbabwe. We're thinking, why are these flights so pricey, fam? There is low demand for flights to Africa. Africa contains 12% of the world's population, but only 1% of the world's air traffic. So Africans don't fly as much. Some routes end up getting cancelled by certain airlines as there was simply not enough demand and the profit went high enough. So if the demand and profit is not there, why are we still persist with these routes? It's just not cost-effective for us. Low demand drives prices up a lot. And, it's, and some of the listeners are going to be thinking, hold on, this is numbers, but you told us if demand is low, price is low. If demand is high, price is high. That's usually the case, but not in, not in this case. And this is the reason why. If there's low demand, that means there's going to be a lower amount of passengers. So that means airlines will have to use smaller aircrafts because they're going to have to reduce the costs. And when you divide up the cost by the passengers, the smaller aircraft is going to end up costing the passengers more because if it's a bigger aircraft on that plane, you have more and more um, guests, I mean passengers, to divide up that cost of that flight. Also infrastructure. This also impacts um, the cost of flying to Africa and Southern America. There's not as many good roads and railways, so flying seemingly is the only option. I was reading that if you want to fly from like, the biggest city in Congo to the biggest city, or to, to Lagos, it's like, what, a thousand miles, just over a thousand miles? But there's no direct flights. There's none. It's essentially a 12-hour trip that will cost you like a bag five. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. And, but you have to do it because... When it's, if you look at the UK, like if you want to go from here to Scotland, you could get train. Here to France, you could get train. Um, you could drive if you want to drive down to the border, um, go on a ferry, boom, Calais. You could drive to or take coach to. People taking coach to Belgium take a day, but there's opportunities to do that. You can't do that as much in Africa. And also getting fuel in certain parts of the aircraft in certain places in Africa is often difficult. So this is going to drive up the cost as well. Also, the nature of the planes. And those who have flown domestically would definitely be able to attest to this. Um, third, fourth hand planes. Getting cheaper planes, because obviously some of these um, just to minimize costs, but this in a weird way still drives up costs. It's minimizing your startup costs, but your operating cost is going up because these planes are not going to be as fuel efficient. You're going to be using all the technology. Fuel prices going up also makes it harder to operate these planes at profit. Another thing, airport capacity. 
air traffic is going up and up and up over across the last 50 years. Obviously, technology is getting better. More and more, more um, planes are being offered. I mean, flights have been offered. So more and more people are flying. Europe will not be able to match the demands due to the capacity on the ground. According to the study con- um, conducted by the European Commission, by 2035, there'll be over 50% more flights than there were across Europe in 2012. However, so that's one make that's up 40 million from 9 million in 2012. However, the plans to increase airport capacity have been scaled back with an estimated increase in capacity of just 17% by 2035. So you've got 50% increase in flights, but a 17% increase in capacity. There's a disparity there, a very, very heavy disparity of 33%. Oil. Jet fuel, of course, is made from oil. And it makes up a major share of the flight operating costs alongside with the flight crew and maintenance. So if you look up back in 1996, airline fuel cost 55 cents per gallon. Now it's about $2.97. Yeah? So almost six times the cost. Airlines can't absorb all of this increase and they just won't. They will pass it off to the consumer. That's the nature of business. And if you're passing off the cost to the consumer, that's going to lead to higher fares. However, but this, but this year, we've seen a significant drop in the price of oil, but it hasn't been reflected in fares. Prices price have been falling over the last few years, yet why aren't consumers seeing any of the benefits? The reasons for these are multiple. With the emergence of major carrier groups in Europe and the USA, the industry has become less competitive. Remember I mentioned that before? With fixed competitions that sees prices increase. It's also a case of supply and demand. Too many passengers are buying tickets at current prices for there to be a change in market prices. Providers have little incentive to lower their costs, lower their price, even though costs are going down. So if the minimum are buying, if the minimum are buying flights at a high rate at this price and you're still able to drive your costs down, you're just going to eat that increase. You're going to eat that, um, that chunk. So where, that, where money would go in terms of costing, you're just going to eat that as profits. You have no incentive to bring the price down. It doesn't make sense for you mathematically. Taxes. For example, this was affecting um, Ghana, Ghana. So if you look at the International Air Transport Association, they complain against the high taxes imposed on domestic aviation sector in Ghana, saying it's hampering growth in the, back, in the industry. According to the vice president of ITA for Africa, Mr. Rafael Cucci said taxes on jet fuel increase the cost burden on airlines who already operate in a challenging environment and hinders domestic growth of an industry that brings extensive social economic benefits. This was due to the imposition of a 17.5% VAT by the government, which sent, which sent fares through the roof. So they slapped on a VAT of 17.5%. And those living in the UK used to remember we used to have VAT at 17.5%. It's currently at 20 so fares on all route jumped up 40% after the VAT took effect, resulting in a 30% reduction in passenger patronage of flights. However, three years later, they had to remove it, they had to run it back, and instantly saw an increase in domestic airline traffic as well as reduction prices. So different fares and um, fees and taxations will impact um, flights. And finally, load factor. What's load factor? Airlines want to fill their planes and maximize profits. And they do this by calculating a plane's load factor. What's load factor? Essentially, this is the percentage of seats sold on a flight. They want, so a load factor is a percentage of seats sold on a flight. They want this number to be as high as possible. So if you have a 100% load factor, that's fantastic because every single, you sold all the seats on the flights, so you're making the maximum amount of revenue from that flight. If you've got a really low one and you're still running that flight, you're not making as much money. It's common sense. 
Airlines tend to manage a load factor by constantly changing the price of tickets to fill the plane and get the maximum revenue. On a US domestic flight, there might be 10, 15 different price points according to a gentleman named Rick Sini. If the load factor is low, so the, so the percentage of, fl- um, flight, um, of tickets sold on that plane is low, and the demand is low, so like people aren't really checking for this flight. Let's say, I don't know, it's like a 330 flight from Luton Airport to, I don't know, Falaraki or something. An airline will increase the availability of cheap fares so that, okay, cool. Fam, the streets ain't really effing with this flight. Nobody has even bought it. It's not even getting high searches. Let's just take the tickets down from 250, let's say, to 100. If the load factor is high and demand is high, so let's say this is like, I don't know, this is a Christmas, so this is a perfect example. A Christmas, a Christmas period flight to to Lagos. Everybody wants to fly. Everybody wants to go back home. And loads of people have bought their tickets already. It's got a high load factor, high demand. The airline will rise their prices. Literally, I saw, when I came, my, when I came out from Cannes, the flights I saw were eight, nine hundred to Ghana. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to talk to my boy, the M's. Hey, what are you telling me? Okay, cool. Let's put it up. Okay, we start looking. When we were ready to, when we went literally three, four days later, a bag one. Then my other boy, he wanted to look a week later, a bag five. Hold on. It's almost doubled in the space of two weeks. A 100% increase almost in the space of two weeks. That's an example of what happens with a high load factor. In the airline industry, there's two types of passengers. Business travelers and leisure um, passengers, travelers. Business travelers are more flexible in price. The boss is paying, so you're like, hey, I'll take this flight. It's a flight I want. Yeah, I don't care. It costs 500 pounds more. In fact, I might have bust a young business class, yo, because at the end of the day, I ain't paying, innit? Barclays are paying, or IBM are paying, or Google are paying. Leisure travelers aren't as flexible in price. The cheaper it is, the better. Listen, I'm taking my five kids and wife to Accra. So like, I need them cheap tickets, my G. So, what? With business... It's the reverse on dates because if it's a business flight, you're you're going there for a certain purpose, so you're not going to be as flexible on dates. Whereas if it's a leisure trip, if you're going to I don't know, you're going to be a bit more flexible on dates. Airlines are always trying to strike a balance between these two types so they can make the profit. Why fly a plane full of cheap fares where you could get more people to pay more? Airlines know that a certain number of people will book far in advance to find a decent price. Airlines also know that they need to hold a certain number of seats for business travelers who will book last minute. Yo, boom, conference, conference in um, Sweden, Stockholm, I need to go. So you're going to hold a certain amount of, you know what I mean? Ticket prices jump up and down based on the demand for seats of these two types of passengers. So um, Scott Mayhowitz, um, an airline reporter from the Associate Press, said that to maximize the profits, airlines develop sophisticated computer systems that constantly compare booking trends to past sales history. If tickets are selling faster than in the past, the price rises. If a competitor raises fares, the airline will probably raise fares too. So those are the main reasons why some of the flights prices that we're seeing this Christmas are that you're seeing a mixed load factor issues. High demand, high load factor. We're seeing um, the oil is not helping us because because the companies don't care. Carriers don't care. Yeah, oil's got price oil going down, but we still want to eat. The nature of the planes. 
and especially demand. Those are the things that are really impacting the prices. But the main thing, the load factor. Now to conclude, we're going to end with Thomas Cook because it's in the same, it's in the same window. Well, who are Thomas Cook? Thomas Cook is a travel agent and they were established a long time ago in 1841 by Thomas Cook. They grew to be a massive travel global, um, travel global agent um, worth, worth 9 billion. They had 22,000 staff members globally in 60 different nations, 19 million customers per year. It's funny because about eight years ago, the company was almost done out here. Like, they almost went insolvent eight years ago, but they got emergency loan by loads of banks led by RBS, who, in fact, one of the people asked for more money. What comes around goes around. The company had also had big, big problems. Um, when it, In 2011, the company had big problems because they had mad debt. Their debt level was £2 billion, pounds, which is not good. Fast forward, the debt is back up to £1.6 Yeah? What are the things that have affected this business? Well, this year, well, the main thing really is Many holiday makers have now become used to putting together their own holidays and not using travel agents. So the demand and need for travel agents has been reducing. The, obviously, the company tried to restructure, but oh, it just came too late. And much of the business value was in its brand and the loyalty of the customers. However, the firm, they have no tangible assets. The main thing is, you know, organizing holidays and shit. They don't have things such as hotels and planes. So when customers are dipping from you to go to online rivals such as, I don't know, Flipping, STA, or what's that thing? Um, Skyscanner. Or just doing it themselves. The value of the firm was done out. And also, some of the things that hit um, Thomas, uh, Thomas Cook this year. Heat wave. With the heat wave and the nature of the sterling being absolutely pammed. So now to go to, you lot have heard of my podcast complain like, before, you, there was times when I remember a dollar, I mean, one pound to get you two dollars. Three pounds to get you five euros. Those days are gone. So it's more expensive to fly out now. It's more, your cost, the, what's it called? Your spending money is not going to stretch as much. And it was also super hot this year. So, People were able to do things in ends, like, uh, do you know what I mean? So the demand and the competition has completely panned Thomas Cook. So the company stopped paying dividends in 2011 when it had insolvency issues. I still had them, but it was started paying dividends again in 2017, which is crazy when trading is tight and you have solvency issues. And the share price went from 275, 275, so £2.75 per share in 2008. And do you know where it ended up at? Three pence. Absolutely battered the share price. And that, in a nutshell, is why I've done that here. So, which is quite unfortunate. So, people, please check if your holiday was, I think it's at all protected. If you have an issue with, um, if you've booked um, holidays with them in the near future, um, I'm going to post links to some of the potential helping websites that you can use. And also, if you booked it with a credit card, you might be protected somehow. So make sure you check that. But yeah, that's it for the economics of flying to for today. Please remember the Black Economist Network event on the 5th of November. Check that out. Trending should be back on the 27th of October. Make sure you get your tickets on shubs.com. Make sure you follow at Big Man Yus. 
or at Dysonomics on Instagram for more information, especially at Trending Sundays, Trending without a G because Yusuf thought it would be cool and edgy. Um, what else? Trending Times Pitch was a massive success, so shout out um, Pitch Sundays as well. I shout out everybody who attended. Um, who else? Any more shout outs? Of course, shout out my guy Andre who always keeps his pod sounding crispy, so shout out Andre. Uh, any more shout outs? Shout out Touchdown Frackers. Make sure you follow them. I'm part of that podcast. Oh, also TN Touchdowns. Google TN Touchdowns or check it out on Twitter or Spotify, SoundCloud. British Take on the American Game. Talking NFL. It's a really funny podcast. Hello, agendas. Trolling with each other. Make sure you check that out. And that's about it for this week. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at underscore nomics. Any questions, use the hashtag. If you're listening to this podcast, use the damn hashtag. I don't like the fact that the man name ain't really using my hashtag anymore. Like, I don't like just seeing my name in a hashtag. Like, just use the hashtag. Say, oh, I'm listening. Even if it's just like I'm listening, just make me, this is just to make me feel good. You get me? Make me feel good. And subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow on SoundCloud. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Until next week. Peace. Podcast Network.